Hello, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast, Wanda Distanced Edition. Yeah. Um, so excited. We didn't to be tell back anyone. No. Wanda Distance. That is the name that I came up with the other day. Bill was like, yes. And I'm like, is it really that good? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so, uh, so excited to be back. We have a, a return guest. Um, and his faithful companion. But before we get into them, let's talk about my co-host, uh, the editor-in-chief of the Popbreak.com. Yes, at the Popbreak on Twitter, Bill Bakken. Hey, uh, I'm just going to take my intro time just to announce something very exciting, which no one really knows except kind of Al and a few other people, like I think one other person, is that Popbreak is going to be an official advertiser and sponsor of the first ever 24-hour wrestling event, Fight Forever, which is going to be broadcast on Fight.tv and YouTube around the world uh, this Friday into Saturday. You're going to hear some live ads uh, for thepopbreak.com, so check them out. Uh, it's under Game Changer Wrestling. This is going to be one of – it's a very big event, a lot of huge sponsors, and I'm stoked to be a part of it So and have the site a part of it, so – Check that out. I wanted to get that up top because it's uh, it, it's one of our first big like PR things or advertising things we've ever done besides that uh, Hop Sauce Festival five, six years ago, uh, So uh, which I think you still have the banner for, Al. So, yeah, fight forever this weekend. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, you're going to hear this, the ad I wrote read by people. I'm really mad that you didn't uh, read it. Oh, I you wish. Should. Because you could have went like full, like wrestling announcer voice. I, I don't want to make this podcast longer than it than it I know. Or should I know. be, but I, I could do it. I know. Let's get into uh, our first guest uh, returning from last week for uh, Wanda Distanced is uh, Mr. Cole Rothacker. Hello. And with him, as always, except for last week, the music editor of thepopbreak.com, Cat Manos. Hands of Fate. How are you, Cat? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes. Hi. Hello. No, I have not seen that movie. No, me neither. It's just oh, a, fun, it's a fun movie title. Oh, watch the MS Mystery. Yeah, Science I know. It's yeah, more famous because that MST. Yeah. Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we welcome. Cole's a guest. He's like our resident. Yes. He's, he's uh, our Cole, resident. Like, Cole he's has an open. He, he is the vision on yeah. Wanda Distance. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I like that. Can I say that right? Yeah. So, so uh, your vision, Cat, uh, that means you have to be Scarlet Witch. Can I be the, the, the one guy that gets fired in the first episode? No, be my dead brother. Wow. True. I could be, I could be bitch. Uh, I am the stork. Oh, that's good call. <laughs> I was gonna make you the uh, the what's it called his uh, his boss. No, I'd rather be the stork. Yeah, I'll leave. It, I'll let you be the stork. But anyway, um, as I've said a few times, this is Wanda Distance, uh, part of Socially Distance, where we're gonna review for the majority of the episode. We're gonna just be talking about WandaVision on Disney Plus, uh, specifically episode three, now in color. Um, we re- reviewed the first two episodes. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, go back and listen to last week's where we do a deep dive into uh, episode one, episode two of WandaVision, which is basically the kickoff of phase four of the Marvel Cinematic 
universe, but it's not cinematic anymore. It's just like, what did we did we figure that out, Cole? Are they are they gonna rename it? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I guess you could call it like the Marvel Media Universe, but I don't know. I don't like that. I mean, no. the show looks like a movie, so it does. It does. It feels like one long movie. Um, the, which is the, great. the line between movie and show is just blurred and blurred more and more every day. Yeah, very true. Um, but I do want to get uh, make sure I get these topics right because uh, last week Bill said we're going to come up with some some great names for each segment. We did. did. We well, did. Let's, let's try this again. We came up with names. So yeah. the first one, first segment is last week on WandaVision, where we're going to just talk about, uh, you know, the general plot synopsis of the third episode of the series. So I'm just going to do this freehand because it is such a quick I, episode. And Very also, quick. I, didn't, I didn't write it for you this Correct. week. You didn't write it for me. I didn't write it for myself. My son had a tantrum today. So we're going to go. We're going to just go off based on the memory of the one time I watched the show. So we are now in color, obviously, as from the episode title. But also we have changed uh, yet again the entire um, sitcom style of show. We are now in the 70s, I believe, specifically 60s, 70s, like late 60s, early 70s. It's, 70s, yeah. it's 100 percent the 70s. Um, Specifically, the episode, uh, the the style of the episode. Where do they grab it from? The Brady Bunch, I believe. Thank you, because uh, there's so many uh, Easter eggs that we'll get into later. But um, we are now in a completely uh, renovated house in color, and Wanda is pregnant, um, which uh, many would find weird because Vision, not a human, as uh, Janet would say, not a robot, not a human, from uh, the good place. We also Sorry. didn't see them uh, create a, a baby. Not true. Not true. Remember, there were two beds, and then they made one, and then they oh, went under the sheets, yeah. and they, like, winked. Oh, yeah, I guess I yeah. forgot that, like, that's, that, that not, that's not normally how that happens. Correct. Yeah. And, and in TV-style fashion, not only is uh, Wanda pregnant, but she's full-on showing. Like, instantaneously, she is, like, the very definition of someone who is pregnant. So... The entire episode revolves around um, not only Wanda's pregnancy, but her rapidly increasing pregnancy. Um, Vision thinks that it's going to be a few days before she actually has the child. It turns out it's only hours. So there is a lot of uh, madcap kind of craziness with uh, the doctor who just wants to go to Bermuda, I believe. And uh, then we also get a lot more interaction between Wanda, Vision, and Geraldine, who is not who she may seem. So there is a lot going on in this episode. Um, also, the end, which we will talk about in depth, um, where Wanda has not one, but two babies. And, and, and we get the mention of her... No, no, we get the mention of her brother Pietro that we haven't heard that name in so long in any of these movies since, I'm guessing, since Age of Ultron. Yeah. Which is nuts. They like, didn't reference him ever. At all? Never, ever again. Wow. He came and went in that movie because he's Quicksilver and that's what he does. But it's crazy. It's crazy that we've never heard his name uttered um, since then. So. We get the mention of Pietro. Um, Geraldine 
literally says Ultron killed him, which now we're getting really crazy in terms of uh, the connections. And it completely takes us out of the 70s setting um, quite literally when Geraldine is blasted out of uh, Westview um, completely and just surrounded by a bunch of government agents. And again, off the top of my head, I've seen the episode once. That's basically the gist of it. But we're going to go into a lot more details um, in the next segment. Something's wrong here, Wanda. And hopefully Vision is saying that. Uh, and Bill, thank you for creating that. But uh, right now, soundbite from Lucas. Something's wrong here, Wanda. Boom. So, guys. Well, well we, we thought there were going to be soundbites in The Mandalorian. So Never happened, right? Never happened. Yeah. Which I think made the series even better. That's so, true. It did. Hopefully Lucas said, like, we'll put them in right You're now. You're going to have to tell him. Oh, I know. I probably have to give him the sound bites too, but that's another story. Regardless, let's just talk about general thoughts, feelings, and then we're going to get into straight up conspiracy theories. Um, Bill, let me start with you first. Sure. Um, so we got three episodes so far. Um, is is this the best one yet? Was this, is this one not something you expected this early in the series? And so, just okay. give me like your general thoughts on the episode so this um a little i guess pull back the curtain a little bit uh, a, a select number of critics were given this episode in conjunction with the first two episodes to review and uh i'll credit um wrestling editor on the pop break and staff writer um, johnny rawls for posting this on twitter he said oh episode three just a heads up this is when you start seeing the marvel stuff if you're worried and this, I really liked the fact we went to the seventies. I thought it was, a, it was, it's a great moment. Um, very much with the Brady bunch happening here because of we're having two kids and like, it, it made more sense. Like with the seventies, it was a lot of family, more family oriented sitcoms. Like mm-hmm. when we saw Dick Van Dyke, we saw like, I always say like the monsters for the sixties because of the way it was shot, but it was like bewitched. was the real inspiration. So we didn't see kids in any of those, but Brady bunch, obviously there was a bunch a Brady bunch. I'm sorry. Uh, there were a lot of kids. So this makes sense. I know. Boo me. Boo me every episode. I boo me every episode, but no, that's what I call dad joke. Oh, now that's what I call dad jokes. Volume one. <laughs> We were talking about that CD for anyone. Oh, CD. Jesus, Bill. That yeah, album. Seriously. Get out of here. Uh, I'm gonna leave. Uh, but yeah, no, anyway. go. I'm gonna. I'll try to veer you back. But uh, yeah, you're, you're talking about the Brady, uh, the the Brady Bunch. It's it's crazy because, um, you know, there's an Easter egg of the. It's the actual staircase, but in reverse of mm-hmm. the Brady Bunch. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if. Yeah. I, did, I, did I mean, I wasn't a huge fan. I wasn't a huge Brady Bunch fan growing up because it would uh, play on cable all the time. But I was like, oh, I'm not a huge fan. But I love what they did here because – and I've read like so many articles about this. This is one of the few series, by the way, where I go out and seek articles about this because of Easter eggs and, and it just references. of just talking about – especially how it applied to Elizabeth Olsen's character where it's like very Florence Henderson mm-hmm. with heavy on the sarcasm. And the eye rolling, which I loved. And Elizabeth Olsen, like, 
just kills it at every moment in this episode. So love the fact we get this. I hate the colors of the 70s. It's a lot of mustard yellow. It's not my favorite. But uh, yeah, love what they did with the episode for sure. Love what we're going with here with the 70s aesthetic. Absolutely. Don't know if that answered your question, but that's what I'm going with. No, that, that pretty much does. I mean, I guess the only thing was, and we can get, we can oh, talk about yeah, with the too. episode revealing something with Marvel, yes, I felt like this was the perfect episode to do it in. Got it. And I didn't think we would, like, we wouldn't get a huge dose of it, but it would come towards the end, and this is going to be the pivot to, like, the duality of the series, and we're going to see some bleeding in. We also saw this with Vision saying, Wanda, there's something wrong here, title of the, episode, title of the segment. And she rewound it. But I think we're going to see more of that bleeding in and now. And I think that's very cool because it's like the homages are, are fun. They're great. But now we got to get to the meat of the series. And uh, Kat, Bill Bill brought up, you know, uh, Elizabeth Olsen's performance. What did, what did you think of just like the overall? And we didn't get to talk to you last week, too. But like, mm-hmm. you know, we are experiencing each episode as a different era of classic like american sitcom television so how do you feel they're they're kind of you know playing in those roles like do you think they're they're nailing it and 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 who do you think is like deserves to be in all of these shows like forever interesting questions um are they nailing it? Yes. I am so obsessed. This is probably my favorite episode so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill talking about not liking the colors of the 70s. I agree. However, <laughs> the architecture and like the mid-century modern design of that house, I like almost started tearing up when it starts raining inside. I was like, no, that beautiful table. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's so great. I'm loving the homages and also it's just revealing so much that I grew up with very old parents because I instantly recognize everything. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the Brady Bunch. They had those stairs, but it's reversed. That doll is Kitty Carryall that Cindy had, all this stuff. And then you see these like Marvel guys online and they're like, this doll is blonde because it's referencing this comic. I'm like, this person has (laughs) never seen the Brady Bunch, clearly. Um... (laughs) So that's been very interesting. But I think Elizabeth Olsen is doing an amazing job. And I think their performances, particularly hers and Paul Bettany's, we're going to appreciate even more once everything is kind of revealed as to mm-hmm. what's actually going on. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very into it. Honestly, I would love if like the homages continue Every single episode, though, I'm convinced at one point they will run out. Um, I think we're supposed to go up to, like, the 2000s. Oh, thank yeah. God. Like, modern family era. I think uh, we're going to see that. Can't oh, wait. No. I, it's going to be, like, The I Office. They're going to be, like, friends. winking they, at the camera. They mentioned The Office. I think they're going to do that. Oh, God. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be best. Oh, yeah. I'm just waiting for, like, a Friends type of sitcom with <laughs> WandaVision in it. And I'm just, like, I'm not the biggest Friends fan. But I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, we were joking that maybe the 80s slash 90s, they might riff on Full House, which would be funny because of Elizabeth Olsen and the twins and her sisters. That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be great. That's almost up there with my theory from last week where I said it would be great for the 90s that that's the episode that we get to physically see 
um, Aaron Taylor Johnson as Quicksilver, but we also get to see Evan Peters, so it shows that they like recasted that. him. I yes. Because that's yes. such a 90s thing. I, I, I stand by that. That's the best idea I've ever had on this podcast. Honestly, um, you're not wrong. That would be bar. a really funny gag. It's a low bar. It but. is a low bar. But, it's Cole, I, I, speaking of theories and stuff, I, I want to talk about something that I, I picked up on this episode. Mm-hmm. Specifically. Um, Are we changing segments already? We're not changing segments, and it's part of it's, it's, it's. There's something wrong here. Wanda is 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 reviews oh. and conspiracy theories. So oh, I thought we had. Uh, no, I tried to make that work, and it didn't. You tried. Work. You didn't. Tried. It, I failed. No. Boom. We should, we should all go around but, and talk about our theories, since I think everybody has a similar but yes. slightly different theory about this. Let mm-hmm. me let me kick off that then with Cole specifically, because I know he's got thoughts. Or maybe I'm just losing my mind here because I've been thinking about it since I watched it the other day. Yeah. As a a fan base going into this show, we are all aware that Vision was killed by Thanos pre, pre, well, not even pre-snap, but just at the end of Endgame, he is dead. Yeah. Correct. Twice over. Twice over, yes, correct. He got killed, brought back, murdered. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing it up is because for all the theories of people saying, like, this is in Wanda's head or she's being held captive or blah, 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 blah. We get a moment with Vision where he's seeing the neighbors talking kind of about him near him. And he instead of going back to his wife, who's just had a baby or is having babies or whatever, he takes time to go see what they're talking about mm-hmm. and they're about to like reveal things you yeah. know it's very it's very like um you know low-key and it, it's very cryptic but the only reason i'm bringing all this up is this is happening to vision too yeah yeah that's the thing that's been bothering me about this episode yeah so that really hit me hard right and I guess another yeah, thing is he's not a mirage or or, a, or an illusion. He's real. He's yeah, because it's happening to him, and um, we get Four. to see another reversal from Wanda, mm-hmm. right? We see two of those. So yeah, again, it could he could not be real. He could be real, but the, the only reason I'm bringing it up is it's he saw that Wanda wasn't there. Yeah. So. I just want your thoughts on, like, wh- what do you think is happening there? And, uh, again, he still has the Mind Stone in his head, too, which is bothering me. But let's, I want to hear your yeah. thoughts. Uh, I actually watched that scene with the subtitles on to hear what they were saying. And what they're actually talking about when he's walking past them is uh, Catherine Hahn's character is talking to the other neighbor, uh, Herb. Mm-hmm. Um or Herb, I don't know how you say that name. I thought his name was <laughs> Hub or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what they're actually talking about is they're commiserating. She's asking him if she saw Wanda's tummy. That's what she says. Like, did you see her tummy? And she's also asking him if he saw Geraldine go into the house. And mm-hmm. he's basically confirming that to her. So... Yeah, that seems interesting. And also the scene happening uh, simultaneously with Wanda yeah. and Geraldine is interesting because 
I was kind of under the impression that all these characters or all these people were under like a spell that they that they think that they are characters in a in a TV show. They're essentially puppets, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, but now I'm kind of thinking that all the people that we're seeing are aware of what's happening, and it's almost like a Twilight Zone thing, uh, like the mm-hmm. the one with the kid who can like do anything. And, like, everybody has to, like, be happy around them all the time and always have, like, a happy thought. Like, they can't think bad things because he'll, he'll know and then mm-hmm. he'll send them to the cornfield. Um, I, I, that, that's sort of now what I'm picking up on what may be happening here. I think all the, all the people in that town are aware that they're in this kind of uh, fucked up fantasy world. But they also know that if they break that illusion... Uh, you know, I guess they, they're they aware that what happened to Geraldine might happen to them. That's that's great. Um, I'm glad you brought up those points because it's, it's, I think it's going to open it up for everyone else, too. I, I want to take it to Bill because, again, from that same moment, Vision, Catherine Hahn's character, and I, we, we can't figure it out. Herb, Herb, we don't know. Uh, so, Mike, so... Well, I, I just wanna, I'm going to set it up real quick. Cause one thing specifically I want you to touch on is... It's it they they do it a little earlier, but then you see it again in that scene of the neighbor kind of breaking the wall, mm-hmm. you know, and it it almost seemed like was it just because he wasn't paying attention, or was it like was he trying to you know break them out, or like there's so many different ways you can kind of think about it, but I want you to touch on that specifically, but you know let, let me get some theories from you as well. So. I, I've been thinking about the, you know, like the name of the segment, Wanda. There's something wrong here. Like Vision says that he's the person who says that he see he starts questioning things. And I'm, I'm, I, I was thinking of like, could Vision be trying to break in? Could Vision also be someone using him as this proxy to kind of infiltrate her dreams to tell her? Like we heard uh, Randall Park's character before. Like, is someone using Vision as like I want to say an avatar. Yeah, I guess an avatar to be like Wanda. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Or I was thinking about dreams. I'm like, you can dream where you're not the hero of your dream. You can have from other people's perspectives. So she is seeing this through vision because we're not seeing. And so it's like we we. So maybe she's seeing through vision. I get what you're saying, Bill. I get what you're saying, Bill, because. Both of those scenes, like her and Geraldine and Vision and the neighbors, is happening simultaneously. And at the same time, they arrive to a similar conclusion that something is off. So I I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but interesting. You brought up the idea of an avatar because I actually think that's what Geraldine is supposed to be. Um, I was like, but I think she's real though. She's real. We see her thrown out. She is. She is real. I I'm I still contend that everybody we're seeing is real like existing in physical space but i think i I wasn't sure up until now if they were all like kind of under an illusion or they they weren't or they weren't really in control of themselves i think they are in control Mm -hmm. of themselves to a certain degree and i think they sent geraldine in there as uh someone to kind of reach out to Wanda because 
when I first watched that scene, I was like, oh, she's like, she's realizing that like all this is fake and that Ultron killed Pietro. And that's why she said that. But when I, when I rewatched it a couple times, it actually kind of plays more like she saw that Wanda brought it up and then took that as an opportunity to then kind of uh, push it, to push the idea for her more so that she can maybe snap out of whatever it is that's going on with her. But then obviously she has that very bad reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that's why Geraldine was there. We, we do know that she's uh, Monica Rambo yeah. in real life. Um, and we know that she's an agent of sword and that's what that symbol is on her necklace that Wanda asks about, mm-hmm. which Wanda seemed to recognize. So maybe she has some uh, history with, with, with those people or something. I don't know. Uh, so the other so, yeah, thing that was interesting, the other thing that was interesting and I could be projecting or making, or just, uh, it's, I'm seeing things is mm-hmm. the first time we see hub, I'm just going to call him hub, the neighbor, is cutting through the wall. Uh-huh. His eye color is slightly different. It looks, it, and this could be, and I've gone back and oh, forth. I noticed. It looks like his eyes go blue. Like that vision. would make sense because we know so, when people are under Scarlet, which is like powers, their eyes change. We know her. that from it's, it's her. Yeah. It's her. His name I'm is sorry. Her. It sounds like Hub because Vision has a British accent. Yeah. So, but his eyes look different. Like he's almost entranced. Mm-hmm. The other thing, like when we're talking about theories, just real quick, that when we saw Wanda point to um, Geraldine's necklace, mm-hmm. when I rewatched the opening to the episode, I actually free, like, like very much like freeze framed and looked at Agnes's uh, cameo that she has. That's in uh-huh. every single series, and supposedly this is a reference to Agatha Harkness. Still, which we <laughs> talked about last episode. So it's just like it's like these three fate. It's the three fates, and um, which is something very much tied into her care, the Ag- Agatha Harkness character. Yeah. So I think we're really tying it into, and supposedly there's leaked pictures of her dressed as a Puritan that isn't going to be in the series. So. Like, I think we're going to get that. And, of course, I'm sure we'll talk about the kids shortly. But, yeah, this is very, like, it's all, like, that scene is so great. Like, just regardless of theories, just the tension it adds from, like, the slapstick, that, you know, classic sitcom comedy that we're watching. All of a sudden, everything gets real, real quick on every front. Yeah. I think Catherine Hahn third time that's happened too it's the same the the great thing about it is there are these the first episode there is the the dinner scene we referenced it a bunch of times the the, the dinner scene where Mm -hmm. the the energy gets sucked out of the room it becomes like a like an actual like horror movie for a hot second when he's choking on the food and then it comes back and everything's back to normal and in the second episode we get the end kind of stinger with with uh the the beekeeper coming out uh, the beekeeper comes out and uh what'd you say bill pun intended this thing the beekeeper. Thank you. Thank by you. the way 
it freaks me out a little bit because Sophie has like Lego figures and all of a sudden like in my kitchen I found this beekeeper character and I was just like <laughs> you throw that you throw that in the dumpster. I looked at it and I was like no. No. But but you get that and then you get the no and the the, the reversal, right? This it's almost like it, they keep breaking through and it's just getting stronger and stronger. So if yeah. can, can I share my theories because it's related to that at all? Cat Go for it. Okay. I, I, I have some theories and also a question at the end, which is related to a theory. So so early on, I was saying that I think Wanda's in a hospital, this is all in her head, everything, and gave evidence why. I do agree that now that there's more information, I don't think that that's true. So at one point, I was like, you know what? These first few episodes really remind me of Pleasantville. It seems like everybody is trapped in their own kind of like functioning world. But then when real people, quote unquote, outsiders come in, they kind of like wake up to what's going on. And then I was thinking about how it seems like in the show, certain characters interact with something that is off or fucked up. And then they seem like super aware of what's going on. And then it kind of reminded me of Inception, how we're talking about dreams and the people, what are they called again? Uh, projections. projections. The projections in your dream like become aware of you, and then start like. In this show, they're not accosting you, but I feel like they're people are drawn to Wanda because of what's happening. But then it finally fucking hit me in this episode what this really all reminds me of. This all really, really, really reminds me of Get Out. The idea that there are people yeah. trapped inside of like a character or another version Mm -hmm. and something happens in the show that like momentarily wakes them up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was really happening to Herb when he was cutting the, the bush. It seemed like he was in a trance and not meaning to cut the, the wall, but that's just what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And that. I was watching Monroe the whole time. (laughs) Um, Monroe has a lot of thoughts, but okay, here, here's where my question comes in though. Okay. So there's the idea that, okay, maybe everybody who we've seen in the show is aware of what's going on and is like contributing to all of it and is like playing the game along with Wanda because they don't want to be kicked out into oblivion like Geraldine is, right? Yeah. But I don't know how that's true when in episode two when randall park's character was coming through the radio am i misremembering or doesn't Dottie like seem scared and confused and says like who am i or like what's going on no you know what it's funny i i'm bill you'll have other thoughts too because i think this goes into more yeah. of like my my overarching theory that i've kind of had since the, the beginning even before the show but specifically when the show started with the first episode was i agree with both you and cole that the people are aware. The reason I don't think it's a get-out scenario is because... I love that theory, though. I love the theory, too, yeah. Well, it it seems like some people are aware, but not everybody. I think... Here's my my tinfoil hat theory, is that (laughs) everyone is aware. They are all in a facility or mental hospital or whatever you want to call it, because first of all, Westview already sounds like a mental institution, the name of town. True. Thank you. My theory is that they're in the facility. They are all 
and this is tinfoil hat. They're all trying to you like, broke contain... up there for a second. So could you just? Oh, start... I'm sorry. I'll say it again. My theory is that they're all Hydra. Oh. I think they're Hydra. So I think they're all Hydra agents, and they are trying to get either information or try to get her powers or something along those lines, and they're doing this to like put her in a stasis, right? And then Sword, which I guess is like almost like replacing Shield, is trying to break her out. So that is my... And that's what Geraldine was doing, and that's why they were, like, gossiping, like, she doesn't even have a home, that Well, that's the thing, is because I don't believe they wanted to bring attention to her being there. Right, right, So they couldn't see, like, like, Catherine Hahn's character couldn't be like, hey, Wanda, don't listen to her. Like, you shouldn't hang out with her. We don't like her. Like, I think they had to keep up the illusion that everything was copacetic. So that's my overarching theory. And then the, I just want to bring up the get out thing is I brought up the whole breaking the wall as almost like a, as almost like a metaphor. The only right. thing that to just to go back on it is I think he did that because he's literally watching vision. Okay. So it's like, he's doing it and he's not even realizing what he's doing because he is in charge of keeping an eye on them. And he just couldn't even break like character for it. So here's my question. Go. So, Al, your, your tinfoil is firmly affixed to your head. But so when we see uh, Monica, uh, Geraldine kicked out, mm-hmm. we have guys, we have soldiers coming in with guns, but then they seem to draw back. Correct. So is Hydra in, credit call for this, the Annihilation-esque? Yes. Um ecosphere that mm-hmm. Wanda has created that Hydra is somehow in and outside of that is sword. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's sword. And and you guys can correct me if, if I'm wrong, but we don't know because they're all theories. Anyway, I think those are all sword coming in to check on the situation. All, you know, it's very, very shield kind of move. I don't, I could, I could even say that the people inside specifically, if she's Agatha Harkness, she doesn't seem like she's orchestrating everything. So I, I'm almost thinking that they even go a step further, and it's in, like, a, a Hydra-controlled superhero mental facility. Super-powered mental facility where all of those people, and I think we mentioned this on the last podcast, all of them are enhanced. And they're kind of living in this world. That's Connected the only, to you know, X-Men. Because... Yeah, that'd be great too. But I was gonna say, just like we're we're seeing Agatha Harkness, if if it's her or just a, a you know a, a different version of her, she doesn't seem like she's pulling the strings. And if she is, man, well, she's clearly, doing a fucking shitty there's, job. There's one person pulling the strings in the show, and that's Wanda. Yeah, very clearly. But I, I well, do think Catherine Hahn is manipulating her, and I I think it has something to do with the kids. Yeah, I think we should uh, break into the kids because I was going to say something about them too. I do also, yeah, I do want to talk about the kids. I do want to just briefly pick point. Um, who is watching this the television Watchmen? program? Who's watching? What are you saying? You. Who's watching this show? In the in the first episode, we find out at the end there is someone literally watching this on a monitor. I, I think it was a sword agent. I, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a piece of paper or something that indicates that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. So it really kind of throws my theory out the window. 
let's talk about the kids. Well, Geraldine um, also isn't in the first episode. True. Uh, oh, is she? I don't remember. No, she's not. She's not. She's not. Oh, okay. Because, because um, people of color were not allowed on television in the 40s or 50s. Yeah. That's actually not true. There's actually a, an extremely famous episode of Dick Van Dyke that was hugely controversial at the time in, like, a good way. Where it's when Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore, they have their son. She gives birth at the hospital. And then they find out that they've brought home the wrong child. And they, like, talk to the parents on the phone. It's big sitcom-y, ha-ha, funny. And then the big, like, joke at the end of the episode, when you see the parents come, is they're black. And they realize, like, oh, yeah, this kid is a little bit darker, but it's ten times funnier when you're watching this in black and white and you see literally none of that. So there were some black people on television at the time. Yeah. I, I think it's actually possible that being wasn't in that in the town in the first episode. Exactly, because she tried she didn't infiltrate well, I will the 60s. I will say, I just looked it up. The episode is called That's My Boy. Yeah, there you go. The episode aired in nineteen sixty three though. Wow. But but also but no, that's not true. I can't celebrate because it's literally an homage to the Dick Van Dyke show. So yeah, cat's so. technically right. No, we're both. And that's right. the best kind You're of right. Both right. I'm not right at all. Uh, I'm just <laughs> saying. Uh, but she wasn't in that first episode, so I'm wondering Correct. if it was her because my original pick was Catherine Hahn. Uh, but if we're saying it's a sword agent, then I, it has to be Geraldine, or it doesn't have to be. I'm sorry, it could be. It could be interesting. Or she is working with whoever was watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Suppose, and we're supposed to get this big reveal still. We're, we've heard other, um, what Paul Bettany said, there's going to be a huge reveal of a character that we're going to be like, it better be drop it better Quicksilver. But that seems too it's obvious to be Quicksilver. But if there's multiple Quicksilver. Not until last episode, because he had not been mentioned again. I will say no, this. I, will, I can't stress this enough. Since Age of fucking Ultron, he has not been mentioned. Completely untrue. Episode one, Ooh. we see Ooh. Wanda is interacting with her dead husband. Immediately, I was like, when is her dead brother coming back? It's not out of the question at all. No, I understand that. And that's great. Um, but there, there's, it could be gazillion things. It could be Doctor Strange, because she is literally in Doctor Strange 2. Well, yeah. what what movie is coming out next that they really want us to see? That's who's going to be in it. Black well, doesn't count. But Black Widow. Black Widow. Black Widow. <laughs> no, it's she's on dead. purpose. Yeah, but she's also getting her own. Anyway, we're uh, we're we're splitting hairs here. Um, let's the kids. Let's, the kids. We do have to talk about the the kids, but I'm going to merge that a little kids bit. Kids by MGMT also win. That's what I call dad rock. That's right. <laughs> That's insane. Let's, I know. Let's, Let's talk about – we're going to save the kids for the final segment. I want to get into the next segment because it's a quicker one. This episode of WandaVision is sponsored by Hydra. So let's talk about um, the ad for uh, this week's episode. We get – it's a – I believe it's a soap. Is it Hydra soap? Yeah, Hydra soak. Hydra soak. So, yeah, it's like a bathtub thing, right? Yes. I think it's like powdered uh, – Soap that no one uses or is made anymore. Yeah, they don't use powdered soap anymore. Mm-hmm. Totally wish. So, um, in the first two episodes, we get two different ads. The first ad is for a toaster, um, but it's a Stark toaster, 
also a great um, Easter egg that I, I saw online as well is on the toaster, I believe, is uh, the number 666. Oh. Yeah. Oh. A reference yeah. to a very devilish character in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Mephisto? Mephisto? It's a Mephisto? Yeah. Yeah, the, Mephisto. A lot of people then. Kit Fisto. No. Sorry. <laughs> Whenever I do that, I think of the Star Wars character. Yeah, yeah. No, Mephisto. He's like the devil of, of the Marvel comics. Correct. Yep. He's actually been in a movie. He was in Ghost Rider, played by Peter Fonda. <laughs> I think. Oh God, that's right. Yeah. Thanks for reminding us, Cole. God. Thanks. Um, anyway, that, that's going to be the big secret cameo. Is Nicholas Cage is going to show Ghost Rider? I would shit. That would you be would amazing. Shit. That would be great. Not gonna um, lie, be very cool. Anyway, <laughs> guys, get me off track every time. I love it. Stark toaster. Then we get the uh, Strucker watch, which oh. uh, coincidentally. Uh, uh, Marvel had put that uh, for sale as a, you can literally own a Strucker watch. They were sold out instantly. Uh, they were a hot topic. Yeah. You know like a, Nazis? They're German. <laughs> Listen, I have some Hi. German blood in me. We're not all Nazis. Maybe. So, and then, uh, uh, my the my family fled Germany, so to not be Nazis. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Yes. You so could also third. buy a you could also buy a cake at Disney that has the WandaVision, the, like the first scene printed out on a cake it's like a cupcake type thing for like it's like 20 bucks and i was like no i would never eat that shaped like a t it's shaped like a little tv i'm like no that's cool that's too expensive it's regardless um it's a fun i want to do a little uh quick deep dive into uh this ad particular but we can also talk about the ads what do they mean what what are they trying to tell us are they just for little fun easter eggs for us or is there a bigger meaning towards them briefly last week um that you know they're kind of potentially um wanda's subconscious kind of coming in and trying to you know give her a little more information um you know stark obviously a big part of her life in multiple ways strucker again and then hydra so let's just talk uh cat since we didn't get to talk to you about the the first two episodes um what do you think is it a weird uh kind of moment for you to 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 give get the episode interrupted with these ads or is it uh kind of cool i i really love them because it's combining the the two different elements of the show with the uh like classic sitcom homages and also with like the little marvel easter eggs like i didn't know what stover what is it the watch Strucker. Strucker. Sorry. Strucker. I didn't know what Strucker was, but I obviously knew what like Stark Toaster was and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but in the last episode, um, the advertisement was like, don't you wish you could get away from it all and have your own dream place in your mind? Literally, I was like, okay, very on the nose there. Yeah. Um, and I think they're trying to like hint more and more. They're they're giving more and more hints as to what's going on because like a comment you made earlier, Al, everything seems to be escalating slightly in an episode, implying that yes, they do know where this is going. This isn't mm-hmm. like Game of Thrones. you know, see like early season four of Lost, where it's like okay, 
or just mm-hmm. throwing shit off the wall. The show does remind me of Lost in many ways. Yeah, it, it, it does to me too, um, in a good way. It, like it feels like every episode's like a Dharma video. Oh my god, yeah, that's really accurate. Yeah. It's fun. It's funny um, how you say that. Like, I'm inter- oh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Go. No, no, that's that's all I was gonna say. I'm I'm really into the format. Honestly, if they just kept like doing homages and then like little Marvel stuff. That's perfect for me. And but I know all like the Marvel fanboys are like, it's boring. What's going on, Vision? Yeah, I saw some people complaining that the show's boring and I can kind of I can No, I don't I don't, don't agree, but I can I can see why they might say that, but at the same time I, I like that the show is trying to just be a straightforward sitcom. Yes. Cause then like when they do get into like uh, off-putting and creepy territory, it's actually, like, very effective. Yeah. And I, I think that's what's making the show work. And it's it's making it intriguing. Like, I'm not bored at all. I'm also not taking anything we're watching for granted. I don't think we're just watching them do a straightforward sitcom. I think yeah. everything we're seeing happen and every character we see, it's going to pay off to something down the road. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I go, I almost feel like I could be wrong here, so someone let me know if this is, is incorrect, but I feel like the every time there's a huge escalation of something weird going on, that's when the decade changes. And most notably in the last episode, we haven't talked about this at all, but the moment where Wanda goes from, like, being normal to scary – the aspect ratio of the show changes. Yeah. yeah. And oh. it like oh, <laughs> it zooms in and immediately went into like the outside west view and I was like, whoa, chills. So I feel like the closer or like the more that we're we tap into like what's off, we're getting closer to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fascinating. I love that show. Yeah. Yeah. I also just I think it's interesting that we also don't know why like, we see that the, the decades change at a certain point, but we actually don't know why that's happening. Or their clothes change, their house changes, no one comments on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like, why Like why didn't they just do the whole show in the 1950s? Why are they having them go through every decade of TV? There must be a reason for that. Mm-hmm. My, my, my tinfoil hat for that is there, every time there's a moment that breaks the happiness breaks the the mundane you know breaks the, the the actual sitcom yeah almost like they're like all right let's reset let's reset yeah and like the yeah. reset is the new decade like that's how yeah. i envision it but but um, who is who is resetting there because it with your theory you make it seem like hydra's doing it but it has to be wanda we, I, I think it's wanda and i think i think al is on the money that hydra's involved but yeah i think they're I think something's happening to her, and they're trying to use it to their advantage. Interesting. Yeah, like Cole brought, uh, I don't know if it was Al or Cole brought this up last episode, was, you know, the, you know, people in Europe, you know, you know, oh, no, it was Cole, because you, you mentioned Cole. your mm-hmm. mom was smart. from Scotland. Cole. Yeah, it's a smart point. It's obviously from Cole. Um, so it's like about, you know, you know, people in Europe seeing Western, you know, experiencing Western culture through sitcoms. And then my point was, when we think about idealized America or certain um, political affiliations, 
uh, feel you know talk about this idealized time. They go back to like the 50s or the 60s, mm-hmm. and they reference sitcoms. So it's just it, it could be Wanda just being like when stuff is you know interrupted, she's like, okay, what's the idealized happy place? I'll go to my reference point, which is sitcoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I also think with Hydra, it's just like crazy that we keep bringing them up because, you know, we would think with Winter Soldier and Robert Redford getting iced, which, oh, don't get me started <laughs> on that. It was so great. And it's just like to get Robert Redford in a Marvel movie, I'm like, because oh, one of my favorite movies, my one of my dad's favorite movies was The Sting. And I'm just watching Classic. that. Classic. Oh, shit. Classic. Al, I'm sure you haven't seen it. Um, the Sting. <laughs> You love Snatch, right? Yeah, okay. If you love Snatch, you love a good caper. The Sting, watch it. Awesome. So anyway, Hydra has to be involved in this. It just can't because it's like I don't because my my logic gap here is what does Wanda have to do with Hydra? What how were they involved in her life? Because the first time we met her was in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Hydra wasn't really involved in that, were they? No, they were. They were. Um, they were. I, I don't. The, the first time we meet her is in Winter Soldier mm-hmm. in the after credits. They show oh. that Hydra Which, took I, them. No, sorry. I, I, you know, I totally beefed it on the, my memory, so I can. No, it's, it's, it's hard to keep track. It's of. a lot of crap to follow. Um, no, like Hydra took Wanda and Pietro, who I, I think were normal people, and experimented on them with uh, the Mind Stone, which they obtained from uh, Loki's staff in the right. first Avengers movie. And that's what kind of uh, gave them their powers. Uh, so, yeah, Strucker and Hydra were the ones that gave them their powers. And we see them at the their tease at the end of Winter Soldier, and then we pick up with them at the beginning of Age of Ultron, the Avengers are like storming. That's right. Strucker's yeah. castle to get the oh. the Mind Stone. See, I didn't even know that. A movie I saw with Al, <laughs> and never guessed on this podcast, Logan Fowler. Um, but yeah, so that's why I'm wondering how much Hydra's going to be involved now, because I'm just like, hmm, it, are we really going to see Hydra involved, or is this a projection? So I wonder if this is a red herring. But like if this is, oh, Hydra's involved, or it's just um, throwing us off the trail because we're with the kids, because mm-hmm. of the history of the kids, and we're going to get introduced to like a whole new world because we've kind of like sorry for the Aladdin reference, but are <laughs> are we really <laughs> sorry? Um, are we going to really bring up Hydra again when we've effectively kind of killed them off? is my question. You know, why, yeah. why, why, why try and like bring them back when we can get like, we've mentioned them before Mephisto, or we can get to who's the new big bad of Marvel. And that's to me, it's not Hydra. Well, something I've been kind of toying with in the back of my head while watching this show is that maybe the villain is Wanda. Like, because what's going on seems pretty fucked up. Like, I'm, I'm very interested in Al's theory that Hydra is part of this, because it actually does make sense. But I've been watching this 
the whole, especially seeing her kick out Geraldine, immediately I was like, oh my God, more people are going to like wake up or be aware of what's going on and she's going to kick them all out, including Vision. Like I foresee Vision being like, Wanda, this isn't real, what's going on? And then she wants to like protect her kids with her and goes so far as to kick out Vision from this like world that she has created for both of them. This is like, just a totally like insane theory, but it's something it's, that would be. Really- you know why it's not insane? I'll tell you why. Because think about modern sitcoms. If we're going to go with that trope, how many times have we seen divorce thrown into a sitcom in mm-hmm. the from the late '90s to the 2000s? That's not out of the realm of possibility if that happens. Or especially, never mind divorce, but a dead parent. And, like, a single dad or a single mom running things. Very true. Yeah, very interesting. But let's talk about the kids, because the only reason I knew I knew that the twist would be that there were twins is because you mentioned that in Vision Comic 497 that he had... <laughs> I don't know. They had, yeah. No, they have twins. They're characters mm-hmm. in the comics. And yeah. Also, they showed it in the trailer. I actually think they've given way too much away in the TV I don't think spots. So. I don't think so. I I don't know. Because most people don't watch them 90 times like you do. Yeah. I That's, don't remember there being twins in the trailer, to be honest with you. Well, just, just as an example. I've also watched the Kong versus Godzilla trailer <laughs> like 10 times. <laughs> I've watched trailers a lot. I don't remember that. Although my memory sucks, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Uh, who wins? Well, Kong throws like an amazing right hook, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a run in somewhere That's from cool. someone. I'm probably not gonna see it. I'll watch it. <laughs> it'll, it'll be, perfect, it'll be perfectly mediocre. And those two creepy things will go like oh and sing their song. Oh yeah. And then she wins. But didn't Mothra? Did you know those twins are in King of the Monsters. Ugh, no. Okay, the twin, the twins, Timmy and Tommy. No, Tommy and Billy. Tommy and Billy, yeah. Thank yes. God I'm vindicated in the show. Final segment for Wanda Distance. Is it a gas or trash? <laughs> <laughs> Look, that was the best thing I came up with, by the way, in terms of segment titles. Absolutely. I was very happy about that. Uh, yeah, so, you know, this is just the, uh, you know, our rating system of the episode uh one to ten hexes uh we'd love to know what you guys thought of the episode but also let's let's we can get into a little more theories what you know where do we see um the future of this series going are the twins real are they fake um are we gonna see you know potential young avengers in the in the in the midst um i will start randomly with cole um yeah, I mean, I, I would say I give this episode a 9 out of 10, maybe a 10 out of 10. Uh, I, I definitely think it's the best episode of the series, and I think it it very successfully ups the ante from the first two episodes. Like, we're just seeing a little bit more and more just the cracks in this facade, and in this one, I feel like they really took, like, a big chunk out of it by having... Uh, Wanda eject Monica Rambo out into the real world, as it were. Um, and also just seeing Catherine Hahn and, and Herb, kind of how they're interacting and 
like amongst themselves. Like we we see very briefly just how they interact, just the two of them. And I think that's interesting. We haven't really seen that yet. We haven't seen the other people in this neighborhood interacting with one another another without Wanda or Vision present. So it does it does make it feel more like they're putting on some kind of a performance for their benefit, um, both both for Wanda and Vision's benefit and also their benefit. But I do still think Catherine Hahn is has something to do with what's going on. And yeah, I do think it has something to do with the twins. And I, I think they are real because that's part of Wanda's power set is just rewriting reality. So, you know, if she suddenly wants twins, then she's going to have them. And, and they're, you know, for all intents and purposes, real. They're as real as Vision, who's just a bunch of computer AI in a synthetic body so you know who's to say um and yeah I, I think you know billy and tommy those are the names of the twins in the comics and that's who in the comics becomes uh speed and and wiccan who are kind of like the young avengers equivalents of quicksilver and thor basically kind of like thor and uh scarlet witch all the characters of young avengers are kind of like remixes of the mm-hmm. real avengers that we know of um and yeah just kind of knowing what uh, what they're doing in other corners of the mcu does feel like this is part of what's going to lead to young avengers eventually which is cool cat um i i agree with a lot of what cole said like i would probably give this a a 9.5 maybe a 10 um i think I really liked this episode a lot. I'm really, really enjoying the show. It's it's really interesting to me because I'm always keeping in mind that when we last saw Scarlet Witch, she had lost her husband twice. And before that, she had lost her brother and she had lost her entire home. And so I, I really watch this show as like Wanda is like working through her own trauma and basically writing like headcanon fanfic of like, wouldn't it be great if we just Amazing. Took, took the great parts of my life and like threw it in these, in these like sitcom scenarios. And it'll yeah. be so cute. Like we have powers, but we can't tell the neighbors tee hee, like stuff like that. Um, And I think that she would just rather stay in this fake world than in reality. And I am very intrigued because I think, Al, you have convinced me that either Hydra or somebody is trying to infiltrate this world and do something to Wanda and or her kids. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with the kids. It's it's very interesting, but I love that. I have no idea where this is going, um, which is very very exciting and is not a way that I have felt about many Marvel things for a while. Wow, great, great review, uh, Mr. Bodkin. You said that with such joy and genuineness. Yeah, uh, it's because I'm like leaning on my hand. I'm sorry. It's you're it's also been a long exhausted day. again. I'll- Dad with a kid. 
It's it's a bitch. I've been there. Regression, uh, tantrums, you know. I've been there. Uh, so, for me, I, I give this episode a 9 out of 10 because I felt this was the perfect blend of the sitcom wackiness mm-hmm. that I think they nailed so perfectly. Like, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, they just know how to hit all these iconic beats that America, the classic American sitcom through the decades hits or has. And like, that's just so fascinating. You could just literally study this show on how they interpret that and how they perform that in like such a genuine and honest and impassionate way. And still think this is a great show without any of the ties to the Marvel universe. But why I say it's a great episode is because you see that and we balance that with finally the reveals of the Marvel universe. And it just gives us so much potential where this can go. Like Kat was saying, we have zero idea. We have idea. We have thoughts, but there's no defined path of where this show is going to go. Yeah. We don't know if it's Mephisto because, you know, the lore of the children being like, they're, what was it? They're shards that Mephisto created and then he takes them back and then everyone's sad and then somehow mm-hmm. they're reincarnated into the, to Wiccan in speed and they know it, but it, and it's weird. That's my semi buzzed interpretation of the comics is that's, that's one theory. It could be something completely different that we're not expecting. Mm-hmm. It could be Hydra. It could be something. And that's what I love. And we saw that in The Mandalorian. It's just like attention to the mythology, but they don't have to follow it. Mm-hmm. But in the end, they end up. And, and in the end, something pretty awesome is created. And that's what I love about what we're seeing on these Disney Plus series. It's like, it's they're taking risks and they're they're doing different things and it's just so enjoyable to watch. You know, I dropped out of the MCU just due to life and falling behind, but picking up in this, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I don't feel like, Oh shit, I have to watch seven other films to catch up. I feel very much at the same level as you guys. And I think that's pretty cool. So this mm-hmm. episode was great. The ending of the episode with, I believe it was daydream believer was playing by the monkeys so great oh yeah first, a pop chestnut second <laughs> c number one third what a great you know a great a very fitting song and it you just left with her and with uh, geraldine in the field and you're like i need this fourth episode so bad to find out what's going on not only because it's the 80s what are we gonna do with that but I want to see what's happening here. And that's that's a great episode. When they were when you just hit when you're hitting the table like, ah, more uh, that's what you that's that's good television. And I'm glad this show is not a full binge. It's a weekly. Yes. That it, it definitely benefits from being a weekly. Uh, I'm also gonna give it a nine. Uh, I have no I literally have no theories about the kids. The reason I don't is because you saw it once. A, I saw it once. And you B, don't think they're real? No, that's not even true. If, if I, I, let's say they are real. How, how would it be that that is the end goal 
like something to do with the kids. How could that be the end goal if this was something that Wanda did? She did it to herself, right? Like they didn't put that into her head. Like, oh, you should have kids, right? Right. They didn't put subliminal messages of kids around for her Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, this should be the next logical step. I'm going to just bring kids into the world. I know she was pregnant already. Because we don't know the timeline. We don't know the timeline here. Thank you. So that's why I have no theories about the kids because I don't have enough information. That's just, that's it. I, I can only, I can, I, there's a million things I can guess, but I have no theories about the kids. I, I, that's what makes me super excited about watching this show. Cause well, I, if, I'm if, just, if the, if the Mephisto theory holds from what yes. I've read, that's how, what Kat was saying is Wanda going to be the bad guy coming up. Because, or the villain, I should say, because he's not a bad guy. Um, it's um, and for Doctor Strange or any Marvel character because of what's going to happen. You know, because the kids are taken away or the kids are not real. You know, that drives her. It's going to be interesting to the see. realm. What is it? The the realm of madness. What's the Doctor Strange movie? Uh, the, mul- the multiverse of madness. Sure. Was it Sam Raimi directing that? Okay. Yes. Don't put Tobey Maguire in it. I'm good. Do it. Put Bruce Campbell in it. Make it happen. Both oh, things. Bruce will show up. He'll be in it. Definitely. Yeah. If Bruce Campbell like, is not a major part of Doctor Strange 2, I'm going to riot. He's never a major part of anything. He's I know, but he should be, man. It's his time. It's, it's his time. He'll be like the, the lobby boy that says, sir. The, no one will be entered. No one can enter after the doors are closed. He'll play like a multiverse version of Doctor Strange. Oh, with like the, the gray flex here? Yeah, he'll be, he'll be him from like another universe. That would be great. Cole, that's a, I, oh. that. that's a good call. Um, all right. Um, that's going to end it for uh, Wanda Distance. And then we're going to just do a quick super lightning round. Uh, roundabout of uh, pop culture recommendations. Uh, we're, we're kind of evolving from last season. We were doing music in time of quarantine. And then we'd also have like the watch list. We're kind of merging those together. Um, song, movie, television show that isn't WandaVision, podcast, book, anything you want to recommend um, to people yeah. who are uh, looking for things to do or uh, looking for new uh, outlets to kind of dive into. Uh, I'm going to start with Seems like no one's ready, so I'm going to start with Bill. Oh, I was ready. <laughs> Despite how I sound. Um, I'm going to recommend that my wife is re-binging uh, the, N- the short-lived NBC series Hannibal, uh, which to me is one of the, my favorite TV shows of all time. It was a show that was buried on Thursday nights and Friday nights, and the season finale, the series finale, ended up on Cozy, which is an NBC subsidiary channel that usually shows like classic TV because it happened during the Olympics. It's uh, based on Will Graham, who, if you know, was in uh, was a character in Red Dragon, Manhunter, and Hannibal Lecter. Will Graham played by Hugh Dancy, uh, Hannibal Lecter played by the uh, as Alicia Weinberger would say, the zaddy of all zaddies, <laughs> Matt Mickelson, um, it's and Lawrence Fishburne's in it. It is a Brian Fuller from who is known for uh, American Gods and a couple other shows. It is a visual spectacle. If this show had ended up on Netflix or any other streamer a couple of years ago, this would be 
the show everyone talks about, or HBO. It is a very, I can't believe it ended up on a major network like NBC. It is hyper-violent, hyper-real. The performances are amazing. The dialogue is, like, goddamn next level. It's so good. And I just cannot recommend this show enough. It's right now streaming on, um, it was on Netflix. I think it's also on Amazon Prime. It is wildly engrossing, highly recommended if you love a good crime drama, a good thriller. If you are a big Mindhunter fan, definitely check this one out. Um, love this show so much. A lot of random cameos like in this, like, uh, uh, Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall is a regular. Eddie Izzard, tons of people. Uh, my other recommendation was is a show that's coming back in early February. And Al and Cat and Cole, you know what show I'm talking about. Bluey is coming back. There's more new episodes from season two. Best show ever. Best show ever. It's it, people. I've seen more and more people in my timelines talking about this show. Mm-hmm. It is the best show ever. Cartoon. It's on Disney Junior. I think it returns February fifth. I had another thing to, re- to recommend. Bluey is what I'm recommending with Hannibal. <laughs> Complete polar opposites, but I, I it's just the best show ever. It's Wait. like if you're a dad, Bandit, which is you know the the dad on the show is a, is an icon. He's a role model. Put him on put him on Mount Rushmore instead of whomever else is there that we need to talk about. <laughs> Louie and Hannibal. No one ever is putting them in a recommendation list, but this guy, you're welcome. I'm just waiting for that crossover, that inevitable oh, Hannibal movie that crossover. Never happened. I swear to God, if I didn't write that thing, I'd be so pissed. Um, let, uh, let's go with Kat. What do you got for us? Um, I want to recommend a movie that I think I watched a, a over a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, very new, very cool movie called uh, One Night in Miami. Um, it was directed It was directed by Regina King, who mm-hmm. we stand, and was written by Keith Powers. Kip Powers? I think it's Keith. Don't worry, I'll look it up. Thank you. Um, who is the co-writer and co-director of the Pixar movie Soul. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, amazing guy. He's having a great month. Yeah, it's based on this play. Uh, it's based on a play that he wrote that um, it's it's a uh, one of my favorite genres of historical fiction that uh, fictionalizes a night in Miami in the, six, in the early 60s. Um, featuring four real life people who were friends, but almost certainly did not meet in Miami on this night. And those four friends are um, Muhammad Ali. Well, I guess when he was Cassius Clay still um, Malcolm X, uh, Jim Brown. Was that the first yes. there? Jim Brown and um, Sam Cook. Thank you. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Sam Cook. Um, so a singer, two athletes and, an activist and it's so fascinating like it definitely feels like it was a play turned into a movie but it's so great because it's like four different black men who have like very different philosophical approaches to like what's happening in the 60s and like the black power movement and there's a 
a big portion of the movie is really focusing on how Malcolm X is really trying to encourage Cassius Clay to convert to Islam, which we all know does happen. And he takes on the name Muhammad Ali. And it's, it's just so fascinating. Like the, the period, um, the clothes are great. Everything is great. And it's really just kind of like a, a philosophical thought experiment that was really enjoyable. And I think was well-directed um, by Regina King. So yeah, that's, that's my recommendation. So the writer of the show was Kemp, Powers, who also Kemp. we were both wrong. Uh, who did Kemp Soul? Powers. And it's got a it's got an all star cast in it for sure. Yes, we did we did terrible with names today. I know Amazon Prime, I think. Yeah, it's an Amazon Prime. Movie. Yeah, you can watch it right now. Awesome, Cole. Uh, okay, so we've been re- watching. Well, you've seen it before, but I never did. Uh, we watched. We've been watching the Staircase, the Netflix true crime doc which is very fascinating. Um, yeah, it's one of the only true kind docs you can really watch because it's not, I mean, it is, it's, it's not like a grisly Mm -hmm. or, or it doesn't focus on the grisly aspects of the case. It kind of more focuses on the mystery. Yeah. One one particular crime. It's not like a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, not gratuitous. Yeah, and it's just very interesting because the documentary crew who put it together had like unprecedented access to all the people involved as it was happening, really somehow, and it's just really interesting. Uh, the only other doc I can think of that comes close to it is like um, capturing the Freedmen's, which also just is another very interesting doc i haven't watched it in many years but um i would recommend it even though it's very 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 heavy it's very heavy um it's kind of up there with dear zachary uh but yeah just another documentary where there's just like unprecedented like just footage of the people involved in these disturbing cases and kind of how it affects their life and how it affects how it yeah yeah over decades um yeah so we've been watching that that's been great um we watched uh we watched insomnia the other night which is not the christopher nolan movie but the swedish film that it's based on starring stellan skarsgård uh it was quite good it had a disturbing final shot that still bothers me to this day yeah, didn't like it. Uh, yeah. What about the documentary with the illusionist? Yes, and then we also watched this documentary slash special performance special. I I would compare it to uh uh fuck what is that Hannah Gatsby's Nanette and uh, Chris Angel Mind Freak yeah <laughs> performance those two things coming together. Yeah, this was, I saw a lot of people talking about it, and it's called In and of Itself. It's on Hulu. Oh. It, uh, it, friend, friend of the podcast uh, reviewed that for Paste Magazine. Uh, yeah. Bennett. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I had never heard of this guy before. His name is uh, <sighs> Derek De Gladio or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's Italian. Um, yeah, it's, it's his show. Uh and I guess he had done like over 500 performances of, of it in New York over the years. Um, the, the, the doc is directed by Frank Oz, who 
as we all know, was Fozzie Bear and Yoda. Yoda. And And was produced by Stephen Colbert. Yeah. And and I don't want to spoil anything. You actually should just go into this doc not knowing anything about it. But I will say at one point. At several points. At several points. (laughs) There's like a really famous person. There are several very famous people who pop up at a particular point where you're like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, like, we actually had to rewind and be like, oh, is, was wait, that was yes. so-and-so. So there's, like, very famous people popping up. Everyone should watch it. It is... It's a little heavy, but it's... It's magic for people who are like, yeah, I know how he did that. Whatever. Yeah, it, it's 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 a guy who's an illusionist, but like it's also I don't want to say it's like a stand-up special, but it does have it, like it is. the format of one. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't just make something disappear. He makes it disappear and makes you question like everything you believe at yeah. the same time. Yeah, and the <laughs> the illusions or the tricks that he does are, I mean, they. I don't want to say anything, but, like, one of them bends space and time. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. And you'll be sitting there wondering how they did it the whole time, but it's truly remarkable. And, um, yeah, yeah it's, it. it's, yeah, it's really worth watching. I wouldn't read anything about it before watching it. I would just go on Hulu and watch it now. It's, like, 90 minutes. And, uh, yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be worth your time. Yes. I'd like to also mention that Kat was the first F-bomb on this podcast, not Bill. Um, That's second, not true. I definitely cursed before. All right. So it wasn't me this time, at least. I also saw, um, was it Chris Angel? Who was the other, who's the other master, like, I'm going to do, like, crazy stunts in public? Was Is it just um, Chris Angel? And, uh, there is somebody else. I know who you're talking about. Oh, oh, um, oh. Wait, there was a, a very funny internet video that makes uh, fun Obviously, of uh, Job Bluth, he's an illusion. David Blaine? David Blaine? David Blaine? Yes, David Blaine. So yep. David Blaine. So one time I walked into Lincoln Center with my friends, because a lot of my friends went to Fordham Lincoln Center. We're walking through, and in the middle of Lincoln Center, there's David Blaine in a globe of water, <laughs> just sitting there, just like standing there. And the weird part is, like... You would see he's just like floating around like he's Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back in the early parts, you know, after he's getting resuscitated from, you know, the the assault on Hoth. And it's like you could see his flesh kind of coming off his skin a little off his body a little bit. And you're like, uh, this is so it was I just this was 2002, maybe. Yeah, Uh, I, I remember watching that on TV and then like he like. He like wussed out by the end of it. Well, I like, just remember them filming it, and you maybe this made whatever documentary of me saying that's fucking gross. Um, much uh, like the time I ended up on NBC News yelling "fuck" when I was in uh, Rockefeller Center sk- skating for the first time and fell very violently on the ice. That definitely <laughs> happened, and I definitely was looked at by everyone, including the reporters, with the red light on for live TV. Amazing. That is a Bill Bodkin story. And you I need to find I, find that video and send it to me. I know. Um, I never looked for it, because I'm just like, maybe you not. Gotta find it. Um, my quick, super quick recommendation is from uh, another friend of the podcast. Um, it is I Hope This Helps by Tommy Siegel. Cute. 
Um, so yeah, if you haven't checked out uh, our episode with Tommy, it's one of the best things we've done. <laughs> we did in 2020. Uh, one of the most productive things ever was talking to Tommy about his uh, his first book, and then he's got a new book coming out, which is uh, it's all about his oh, candy yeah. hearts. The candy oh, hearts. I just saw that. Yeah. What a and, here is a, a clip from from the candy hearts that he does. I'm showing it to you guys because uh, this is an audio medium. Which is, um, and it goes back to like the crazy part of the whole site being around for as long as we have. I mentioned that hop sauce festival at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. That's the first time we saw Tommy's band, or we interviewed and saw Jukebox the Ghost, Long Beach Island for a hot sauce and beer festival. Wow. Go figure. Literally the most random thing ever. We talked to him about it on the podcast or or, or after it, and he was I, like, oh, yeah. We, yeah. Had, we had to talk <laughs> about it after. <laughs> we did after. He was just like, he was so, he was as surprised as we are that that happened. Yeah. So that was pretty great. Uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up for uh, this week's uh, Wanda Distanced special episode of Socially Distanced. Uh, I want to thank everyone who's listened to us so far. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Head over to thepopbreak.com for uh, daily uh, articles that involve music, movies, television, wrestling, uh, gaming. Uh, digital trends. Digital anime. trends. Yeah. Anime. Comics. We got it all. Um, uh, Bill, you want to tell I'll people? I'll take care of this part. Thank you. Uh, yes. So we have a oh, check out thepopbreak.com every day for everything Al just mentioned. Uh, we got great stuff all the time. Of course, we have a Wandavision review series that happens every single Friday. Uh, Alex Marcus, our podcast guru, he's he's doing that for us, which is awesome. Um, like I said. Check out uh, GCW Fight Forever on YouTube and Fight.TV. Pop Break's got some in the prime, some of the prime shows. We've got some live reads happening, which is pretty rad. Uh, we have a brand new Twitter handle. We are at the Pop Break. Yeah, so that long ass stuff I've been saying for years, I finally got through my skull to change it to something shorter. So it's at the Pop Break on Twitter. We are at popbreak.com. Oh, no, sorry, forward slash popbreak.com on Facebook, at the popbreak on Instagram. Um, and yeah, check out this and Popbreak TV, which are both on Apple, Anchor, Google, and Spotify. Um, rate, review, subscribe. We've got some great stuff happening. Uh, we have a huge podcast coming up um, that probably dropped already by the time this is up. Uh, which is our goodbye to all that show, which is talking about Star Trek Discovery. Um, and it's got some pretty big guests on it, so I'd love for you guys to check that out. And uh, yeah, we got some cool stuff coming up on the podcast, uh, sorry, on podcasts and on the site. So please check that out. And check out my Walker, te- my Walker review, because I had to sit through that shit for an hour. It was awful. And some dude said, hey, I think we watched the wrong show. And I'm like, you know what, buddy? I guess you like that show, but you're fucking wrong. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. It's my Walker review. It's one of the worst things I've watched and reviewed in the 11 years of this pod, of this site's Ooh. existence. It's shit. But it also broke a record for the most uh, watches of a premiere uh, for the CW in, like, three years. So what do I know? It's It's the Supernatural fangirls. It's not you, Bill. They have to tune in. Let's also check out our interviews with Jerry Padalecki on the site <laughs> where he talked like five years ago about the show ending and it just ended like two weeks ago. 
Uh, Kat, so where can people find you on social media? And then Cole, just let people know where they can find you on Letterboxd. <laughs> um, you could follow me uh, on Instagram at Cat Goes to Shows, Twitter at Cat underscore Wild. Uh, that's Wild with an E. That is also my handle on Letterboxd. Speaking of Letterboxd, you could also follow Cole there. Yeah, and it's just my name, Cole Rothacker, R O T H A C K E R. Roth and then Acker. That's <laughs> or Rot or Rot and Hacker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I like that. That's actually what it is in German. Rot hacker, really? Rot hacker. Oh, I'm into that. Me too. Um, you can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and on Instagram, where I'm posting one photo from my archives a day for 365 long days. So. Yeah, I have a story for every. We should just do a podcast about your photo shoots and the the shit I had to go through to get you in there. That's literally (laughs) the idea of a podcast that I had about two years ago. Yeah, and I chose you to do it. You never did. So whatever, bro. Who has time? (laughs) Obviously, we do right now. (laughs) Debatable. True. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week on the next episode of Wanda Distance.